Welcome to the dark forest Jackie and her pals will never bore us Shameless confessions about our obsessions Will make us laugh and smile So let's explore the dark forest And dark down for a while 2023, you guys, and I'm winging it. Hi, it's Jackie Cation. Welcome to the Dork Forest. That's the website, the Dork Forest, if you like a determiner. Dorkforest.com also works. JackieCation.com has all of my stand-up information. Like, it has videos, it has pictures, it has links to this podcast and to my other podcast with Lori Kilmartin. It has a merch store that has Dork Forest t-shirts. It has all of my stand-up merch and all of my CDs and DVDs. So, that's what you know about websites. There's an opportunity because uh, we're in the new year here that you can donate to the Dork Forest. I don't have a Patreon. I don't have uh, anything really set up, though I understand you can set up on PayPal a monthly if you wanted to. Uh, you could donate and uh, be of uh, to support the show. This is the 17th season, the 17th year I've been putting this stuff out. It's free, but if you have money and would like to throw me some money, boy, howdy. Uh, uh, there's a PayPal. The, uh, there is at my webs at my email address, actually, Jackie at JackieCation.com, which you can also email me and tell me how much you're enjoying the show. You can also do Venmo if you'd like, which is just Jackie Cation, no hyphen, all one word, picture of this, this person, me. And then um, I think that's it. I think I have Zell, but it's too complicated. Other than that, let's do the credits. Patrick Brady, still in, fixing the audio all these years later. Give it up to Patrick Brady. That's what a lot of your donations support, by the way, because I like to uh, share the wealth. And then um, Bill Mose, he does the websites. And Mike Rickberg wrote and sang that song composed and sang that song with his wife now, Sarah. And uh, at the end, he sings uh, the Mexican hat dance, which is always fun. Anyway, I'm sure there's more to it. There's a band camp that has a bunch. It has like a, a, a stand-up storytelling album that was never released. It's uh, There's also a, a bunch of live episodes that many of them are free. There were 200 episodes that were not pre-recorded, and I sort of culled through those, and I pulled like 17 of the best ones. There's an album collection of that, 17 Hours of Dork Forest. If you run through all of the episodes, go to bandcamp.com, Dork Forest, or Google those words and you'll find it. Anyway, there's probably more. I can't remember any of it, but you're doing great. Feel free to enjoy the show. Hey, Jackie Cation here. I'm in my garage. Very exciting. Oh my God, Christy, I forgot to uh, find out how to pronounce your last name. Uh, Bucelli? Bukley. I, I wish it was Bucelli. That would be so. Uh, Bukley. Yeah, Bucelli, Bucelli has kind of an Michelle. Italian vibe or Michelle. Bucelli, kind of. I even like. Ugh. Yeah. I should have just changed it. it. It's too late now. Uh, Bukley. Christy Bukley, mm-hmm. ladies and germs. Welcome to the program. Uh, Christy Thank B- you for having uh, me. Bukley uh, has mm-hmm. a, a show. It's, Den- it's all Denver, right? This is all. Rise comedy. Yes. Uh, I mean, I travel around, but I am in, I'm a Denver-based comic. Denver-based uh, comic? And I, um, I work, uh, I work, I, I feel like you I open a local for you show. every time. Yeah. Every time. And then. Every time um, I open for you at Comedy Works, which is sure. so lovely. And it your audience is wonderful. Thank you. Um, yeah. Boston but I've been working on, yes, I've been working on a one-woman show. Uh, that has been my main push right now, and that will be coming out in June. Like, it's already 
done a you few know times what I didn't, the next I time. Didn't, I didn't get your handle for Instagram and all that. What is? Yeah, it's the joke mentor. Oh. Because I teach comedy classes at Rise Comedy here in Denver. And, um, and is it I mentor, teach... M-E-N-T-O-R? Yes. The joke it mentor. Kind of, it kind of sounds like a... It, sh- it would be like a comedian supervillain a little bit, but <laughs> sure. Um, it's a, yeah. it's a little Jeff Ross. How's that coming? Yes. How, how, how men- how's your mentoring coming? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'd like to say it is not that Christy. It uh, is not, not, not doing uh, the creepy. Not like uh, that. No, not like that. No mentoring, just mentoring. So yeah, when you're like my, them, yeah. Yeah. My uh, students are all ages, not just like 19 year old. You know, so um, fourteen or fourteen or fourteen. So that's that's you're not looking for Mm -hmm. a a fourteen year old fella. I'm not. Or or young. You're not looking for a child that's on the cusp cusp of adulthood. That's what I always say about Jeff Ross. He likes really old children. Ew. Okay. (laughs) So, Um, but yeah, I have a one woman show uh, that I've been working on, and actually, I did write some work today. We're going to talk about World War One. Which, okay. Um, I did Is write your- some World War One stuff into the show. Um, so I that's was excited. how much you like World War One. Yeah, it's something that I um, that I have. Uh, I studied it in college, like quite extensively. I was just a his. I went to really? be a history teacher in okay. school. I'm a cert- I I am technically licensed here in the state of Colorado. And so then- you have. So you went and and your degree is in history or and yes. also teaching? Yes. European so history, history degree teaching certification. Um that was my emphasis. Yeah. <laughs> that was my emphasis. And um I just had I have to give a shout out right away to John Kleinfelter at Northern uh Colorado uh University because okay. she is the one that gave me like she was so passionate about it it's why i love it even now and it's interesting me interesting world war one ladies and gentlemen yeah war what the great war the war to end all wars 1914 1918 yeah it was really the war to start the all all the wars (laughs) the modern wars um they were wrong about that but Right. So was it a big switch in the kind of warfare it was? Everybody was still lining up, right? Yes. So, um, yeah, I was trying to answer that question because you were like, what do you, I wouldn't say like, I love it. Oh, right. You're just fascinated. Because it's like very, it is horrifying. And my, my best friend, even the other day, she had turned on All Quiet on the Western Front, like the the remake that came out and she was like, it took me 15 minutes and I was like, I had to turn this off. Why does Christy like this? So I would not say I like it. I think that it's, um, I find it fascinating. Um, It's like a butterfly effect. So everything can be drawn back to really like every modern conflict and most of our problems and all the patterns that we repeat were all started there in so many ways. And I just find it so fascinating that we have not learned our lessons, perhaps. (laughs) Right. Um, No, no. We're talking over a hundred years. So it started because somebody got assassinated. Am I right? Yes. Correct. So Archduke Franz, Archduke Franz Ferdinand, and that's the wildest thing is like this one. I mean, it really was called like the shot heard around the world because it's like this one bullet killing one man led to 
World War One, the Great Depression, the World War Two, the Who Cold War. Um, so he was part of. He was Austrian. Okay, uh, from Austria. Like kind of like the crown archduke is like a crown prince. Um, and so not uh, the king or the leader of the country, not even the leader of Austria. Been, no, no, but I think he would have been eventually, but he wasn't yet. Okay, and there was a, he, a different king. I think it was just like his his dad or whatever. Okay, right. Okay. Like it's archduke is just like the name of princes there. Okay, <laughs> I believe. And um, he uh, this was like part of the autumn the Ottoman the Austrian Hungary like they were huge at this point and they um, had territory all the way into Poland and um, parts of, like parts of the Eastern Bloc that we know of now all the way down to like the Balkans and Serbia and things like that and uh, they had just tons can you hear that no okay good my okay. Um, neighbors are yelling in the hallway so uh, all right they're having their own great war right now okay anyways <laughs> um just making sure. Okay, cool. Uh, and then uh, they were um, Archduke Franz Ferdinand and his wife Sophie uh, were down in Serbia in the Balkans, and they were kind of doing sort of a a JFK situation. Um, well, they were a, just like a motorcade or okay, yeah, sort of. Parade, parade around. I don't okay, know. Okay, so there was some sort of weird meet and greet. That's what the trip was about. But they were in a motor, an open car motorcade. Um. Yeah. So yeah, it was just. I mean, it's back in nineteen fourteen. So they're pretty open cars yeah. at that point. Right. But um. <laughs> so uh, this uh kind of political underground rebellion group called the Black Hand had planned on doing. They're really called the Black Hand mm-hmm. because that is uh, that is a, a faction that fights Daredevil in the Marvel universe. Keep moving. Oh. Okay. Yeah. No, it's great. So the, they no, were, they were called the Black context. Hand. Yeah. They're called the Black <laughs> Hand. And um, actually, like, it was this 16-year-old kid that had been um, recruited to uh, to kill. And they, they actually had thrown bombs um, at the Archduke's car. Okay. Um, and it missed, they missed and it landed on another car killing people. So he okay. had a narrow miss and it was like, Oh my God. Like, thank awful. God I lived. Yes. Right. And then, um, and then they went back to like, I don't know, the embassy or wherever they're hanging out in the Archduke. Uh, I don't know if you, why? Um, I still cannot figure this out, but he was like, Oh, well, it was just ego. This whole thing is about male ego. I think that's also why I'm so fascinated. The Archduke said that? Um, no. Or are you but, saying it's about male I'm ego? I'm saying that the Great War is just <laughs> I was like, happens. that feels super awoke, awakened. No. Okay. No, this so. is my, I think that's yes. why I'm so fascinated by it is because it just shows the dangers of the male ego forever oh, yeah. and ever. Oh, yeah. Most war does, but um, he believed he was like, oh, well, I, you know, it's it's pat dangers past now. I really want to go to the hospital and check on the wounded. OK, right. So they're driving to the hospital, him and Sophie in this his wife, Sophie, in this car. 
And Gabriel Princip, this 16-year-old kid that is is trying to kind of earn his stripes with the black hand, is sitting there at a cafe going, oh, like I missed it. I didn't miss my opportunity. Uh, And they're all trying to regroup to maybe try to do another attack before he leaves the city or something. And then come here comes Archduke Franz Ferdinand just pulls up right up to him sitting at this cafe and he just pulls out a gun, walks over and shoots them in a pistol or yes. With a pistol. Weird. Okay. And then that sets off this chain of events to where quick interjection, the black hand, what was their professed ideology? They just wanted or yeah, they, they wanted their independence back from, like Austria-Hungary empire. They didn't believe in colonialism, which is totally understandable. But the wild thing is, is that Archduke Franz Ferdinand, like he had already like kind of balked at the monarchy already because he, his wife, Sophie, like she wasn't noble enough for the family. And so he was all about like, that's who I love. I don't care if she's not royal enough. And he actually believed in giving them more freedoms like he was the guy that actually would have wanted to give them what they were like wanting he might have given it back he might have yeah or you know or at least no nobody gives much yeah their biggest their biggest proponent absolutely in in the aristocracy Mm -hmm. their biggest support Mm -hmm. so they they shoot they kill him Mm -hmm. does does that young man get killed Do they jump on top of him? This is the wild thing also that I didn't know. I learned because I, um, as soon as we scheduled this, I immediately got very um, uh, imposter syndrome. Like, oh my God, I haven't studied this in so long. What do I even know anymore? Uh, But but I actually, he actually lives his life out in prison because uh, he's a, he is a kid and they do not charge him as an adult um, in their court system. So he actually lives his life out in prison other people that were part of the attacks that were adults that like threw the bombs and things like that, they were sentenced to death, but um, Gabriel Prince is not. He was just sentenced to life in prison from 16 till when he died. Yeah. How is that better? How is that? Better? I don't know if mm. that, yeah, that I doesn't don't know. seem. Yeah. Like if they don't doesn't... charge him as an adult, they should assume that he will not do things like that when he is an adult. Mm-hmm. So maybe give it to him for five years till he's 21 and then let him out. Well, by that point, it, this had led to the death of like 10 million people. So oh, yeah. probably oh, not. Yeah, yeah. That's why I'm surprised they didn't just kill him. But yeah. uh, okay, so so he, Ferdinand dies. Mm-hmm. And then how does that how does that make everybody else freak out? Man, so it is like a part of this is literally what we're already like dealing with in our situation where like the monarchy is becoming less and less relevant. And so they start trying to create class warfare kind like battles between the, the nations in order to um, who's, who's like they? distract uh, like the different Kings and Queens and stuff. Like they're sort of like pulling this like idea of like, Oh, it's, it's gotta be Germany versus France to see who's the most modern of the countries. And they're start like, they're starting to like, set up fights so that they're fighting the people that based on who, nationalism. Who, de- who, who, who do they declare war against? Who declares war first? Oh, um, Austria declares war against Serbia. Serbia is, so this is all about like your friends go to war. So it pulls everybody in. So Serbia, 
Austria and Germany have an alliance um, as well as Italy does jo- like says they're going to join and then immediately is like, just kid, like this is good. This is actually way bigger than never mind. We're not going to. No, thank yeah. you. Um, good good for them. Serbia and Russia uh, have uh, have a um, an alliance. alliance and Russia and France because Germany has been starting to like up their military since they're on both either side of Germany, they have already gotten a, like they had an agreement that if, if one of them, if Germany goes to war with Russia or vice versa, that the other one will be pulled in. So it's basically like these treaties that were already set up, pull everybody. And there were so many opportunities for people to like, just be like, no, we're not going to do it. But all of these people did it. Like just, just for so, ger- so Austria Hungary declares because of what what a, a group called the Black Hand, which was some sort of separatist organization. Yeah. yeah. They so Austria Hungary declares war against Serbia. Serbia even is in bed is with Russia Serbia. and France. And so so Russia and France have to go to war with Austria Hungary because they are their allies. Right. But and here's then, the yeah. other part that like a lot of people. So Germany is known as such a big player and it's because in Germany has actually been sort of like chomping at the bit to go to war because they are sort of thought prior to this, they are sort of thought to be like, like only about 25, 30 years before this, they were still like smaller factions, almost like, like tribes of okay, people like, not really okay. unified. They were considered like bumpkins, like not a modern country. So they're okay. like chomping at the bit to go to war to prove that they are like just as but modern they're ready. and advanced. They're ready. Yeah. 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 And they're civilized at, and like as, you know, powerful as France and Great Britain. So and Russia and France go against Serbia. Wait, they're with Serbia. No. Go against Austria, Hungary. Hungary. And who does Austria-Hungary get in? German. They, they're with Germany. Okay. Um, so those are the two main ones. Um, plus, those are like, the big technically, factions. Yeah. Yeah, technically Italy, but Italy sort of, like, bails at the last. They're like, just kidding. Okay. Um, right. I can't and do it. So when does the UK and uh, the Turks, when do they get involved? Right. Well, I don't even know. So the Turks is just, like, I don't even... I can't pull all of it. I don't remember the Turks, but the UK gets involved because Germany has been militarizing and they're, they actually have, they're building a, a naval, a Navy with the U-boats um, that is starting to actually cause um, the British Navy some like, which is their oh. crown jewel. Like right. they're starting to feel in danger from that, from that. So they um, join in. What about air? What about air battles between Snoopy and the Red Baron? What about that? Yeah, so it's that is like possible and they do a little bit of that, but we don't it doesn't and the Red Baron is there, but it's not um at the level that it is um like in World War II yet. Oh no. Air, no, no it's very it's very new, right? Yeah, it's so, so new. Okay. So literally only two years old and people are like cause what or it's like ten when did the first flight go up? 1903? Uh, I don't remember. 1906, 1903, 1906. something like that. So, yeah. yeah. Something like that. Yeah, so it's like 10 years in. So they they don't do, like, air combat the same, a little bit, but not 
It's mostly to know, drop shells. Recon, yeah, and recon. Yeah, right? it's not like the bombers that we saw. And we're not seeing, like, bombs being dropped on countries the way we do in World War II. No, um, no, it's all very new. But so mm-hmm. now, so, but we're in 1914. Yeah. And people have declared war upon each other. Yeah. When, and when, they're when, thinking... They're thinking this is going to be a quick little war. This is just to like show who's boss on the continent. We'll be home by Christmas, essentially, is like what the leadership is thinking. Wow. Okay. And they're going off of these military plans that were made 20 years prior as like a thought experiment. And every military leader is grossly underestimating. This is why the Great War is like so gruesome is that the technology they don't account for the weapons and the technology that they come up against they've never seen this nobody's been to war for quite a while like truly to right, war everybody's, in quite a while right there's been like sort of these small battles that are like the mm-hmm. the crimean war i think happened mm-hmm. and the the prussian yeah the prussian whatever. thing is like the biggest last biggest thing and a lot of them have in europe see yeah that. yep yeah. so and the technology has just like skyrocketed at this point. So they don't realize like they're doing kind of old school, like again, yeah. Like lining up bat like battle. And then this like old um, school. Yeah. And they, yeah. And they really don't even all the plans were not. And this is the, this is true again in world war two. It's like they repeated the same thing, but they were not planning on all these plans were not a two front war. Right. Especially for Germany. So um, they and Germany, in order to attack France, does have to invade Belgium neutrality. They do it in World War One. They do it again in World War Two. Um, but because Belgium is neutral, it's neutral, and the best way for them to surprise France is to go up through Belgium and down into France. But they do. They both sides think like we are the str- like they are underestimating both sides. So they end up like, you know really running into each other in Northern France between the big players are France and Germany and Germany has just been dying to like show that they're so powerful and strong. Right. Okay. So the, the lineup I've got is June of 1914. The, the uh, Ferdinand is assassinated July of 1914. Austria, Hungary declares war on Serbia. Yeah. And then August Germany invades Luxembourg and Belgium. So this mm-hmm. is all 1914. Yep. And then that's the beginning of August. Germany invades Belgium. Mid-August, August 10th, Austria-Hungary invades Russia. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So they start a two-front war immediately, even though Napoleon told them not to. Yeah. Uh, with and with his also actions. Like, they're also forgetting, like, again, they do it again in World War II. Like tw- yeah, met, 25 years later. They yeah. Russia in the winter. And winter is not, this is August but it ain't that far away. It's still winter. Yeah. It's coming. It's, it's yeah. so close. It's, yeah. Right. They're Leave thinking Russia this will alone. be done by winter. This will be yeah. done by winter. We don't. And then they're stuck. Uh, they're stuck um, in the winter. The winter uh, invading Russia in the winter will get you every time. Napoleon tried to okay. warn you. Yep. And you yep. guys did not listen. So early August is when British forces arrive in France. Yeah. So, um, the nations allied against Germany were eventually to include Great Britain, Russia, Italy, Australia, New Zealand, South Africa, Rhodesia, Romania, Greece, France, Belgium, that's just U.S. British Commonwealth. They can pull like that's Canada, just British Serbia, colonialism. India, mm-hmm. Portugal, 
Montenegro, and Poland. Uh, mm-hmm. And then, so then Austria-Hungary invades Russia, and then the first battle happens in early September in, in right. northern France. Yeah. And at this point, it's like, that's when they hit the, like, that's when they just come to a stalemate. Like, neither side can make any ground. And so in order to protect them, this is where trench warfare comes in. They have to dig in in order okay. to, like, create these trenches. The in boundaries. Order to, like, we're yeah, on the this trenches side, are, you're on that side. It's just protecting them from the, the gunfire that and the, like, artillery and the, like, machine gun gunning that they have not seen. Like, the weaponry they have not seen. Yeah, yeah. Before. Oh, great, because everybody, the Gatling gun, I think, it. was invented in, like, the mm-hmm. late 1800s. And now there's all these machine guns and stuff. Yeah, so. they just fire, like, and, and so they dig in. So it's, most of the war Uh-oh. is fought with you two. Went, uh, you're mute now. Muted, but you're not muted. You can't? No, oh, I'm there not. you go. You're back. Okay. You're back. Just kind of what happened. Okay. Yeah. I don't know. All right. Anyways, um, so they dig in, and this is where I find this, like, just life in the trenches is sort of like a, that's where I get, like, really, like. Okay. So it's trench this warfare is your dig. I is think your it's door really, it's a lot of, it's some of that. It's also the art that comes out of this. I can talk about, I'll talk about, like, the little, because you can't cover it all. So, um, so the number one thing that is my one of my favorite things of World War One is um, is the Christmas truce. Have you heard of this? Pipes of Peace, Paul McCartney. Yes. Yeah. Um, so uh, it's not as like flowery, and this is something I talk about in my show as well. But the Christmas truce is where um, on Christmas Eve, nineteen fourteen, the they. The the Germans actually get Christmas trees sent okay. to the front, and oh, they're from like their even families even and, you yeah. even like you no just from like the government even and like they they're lined up and Christmas Eve is the big German they love Christmas Eve um, and then they're singing Silent Night in German and the English start singing it in English across over the top of no man's land um, and they right. actually like the next day are like, hey, like, let's just, these are still professional soldiers. This is not, they have not started drafting. So these people are like, kind of like, well, it is the holidays. Can we just like <laughs> have a break? You know, like, yeah. we're wow. not, it's not really worth the pay we're getting to fight. Mm-hmm. So they, and they're also like, that way we can bury our dead and um, take, yeah, you know, reinforce. And they actually do that. And there's some, you know, they, People actually know each other from across the way. And there's some places where they didn't see it at all. There's other places where they um, where they like, were kicking a ball around. Yeah. Yeah, it happened all along, like, at a lot of different places. And a lot of it had to do with, like, how close they – because sometimes these are only 100 feet away from each other. Like, you can – they literally can have conversations. Or they're, right. like, a you know, a couple um, – almost a mile apart. It just depends on where you're at. So it's not like a uniform thing, but there is like this, it lasted for like a, up to boxing day, like in a lot of places. So uh, that, I just, that I feel like there was a, is a lot to learn. <laughs> I wish that yeah. we could take note from that um, just in general, because uh, right, cause I do they think, met in the middle. Yeah. 
Yeah, they I met forget. in the middle, and they just were like, I do wish that even us politically now, like, the right and the left could just give it a break and stop trying to, like, destroy each other. And, like, if we stop tr- attacking each other, we can take a break and, like, fix our problems. But we're too right. busy doing that. Right, but um, too many people, like, literally, every time we've tried to compromise. Um, someone's got to. Very, it's very hard to compromise with. With, uh, you know, Gaston Mansplain, where he really desperately wants to show you how big his dick is Mm -hmm. and then punch you in the face and rape your sister. So, I mean, Nazis are hard. It's it's. Yeah. And that rhetoric gets used against it, too. Right. Because of the, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, we don't negotiate with terrorists kind of thing. Right. Right. Well, and they they weren't Nazis yet at this point, although like. Right. But right. But well, and and. And whoever's talking invade. gets they did invade, but and uh, and they and they get to France. and whoever says I don't negotiate with terrorists gets to define what terrorism is. Exactly. And so that can sometimes just be a woman who would like an abortion uh, so she doesn't die or that she, exactly. her life doesn't get to go her way. Exactly. And it, it, so, to, to be fair, Germany was the one that had to like both um, propose this truce and be the ones that came up out of the trenches first. In oh, order to for do this to, happen to do places. the to do the the other one to to mm-hmm. do the the Christmas peace thing, right? Right. Um. So and they actually like would have like joint burial sessions where both, all the soldiers from both sides and the like chaplains were there to give prayers and stuff. And and right. there's this one story of somebody saying like, um, uh, to like we will fight till freedom on the German. That's what they wrote on their like headstone or whatever. Mm -hmm. And the French, the French like soldier was just like, how can you be fighting for freedom? Like we're fighting for freedom. And so it was like such a like thing is like, everybody thinks they're fighting for the same thing. And if we just stop. Everyone's been led misinformation. Yes. Um, And And it's like the people in power setting up the dynamics for their own. Game. Right, it's the the Russian claim that they had to uh, invade Ukraine as preventative maintenance. Exactly. The U.S. invading Iraq, it was somehow exactly. preventative. Exactly. Yeah, there's there's no. It's the lie you tell yourself to get over the border so that you can go steal mm-hmm. their whatever. If it's oil, mm-hmm. if it's um, if it's and and in both Ukraine and Iraq, it was oil. So mm-hmm. uh, and grain, I think Ukraine being a breadbasket, I think. Uh, yeah. But what was it in? In France, I wonder, it I wonder what the Germans... Well, it wasn't... It was literally... Like, so... It wasn't resources in that way. It was literally for them to, like... It was more ego than it was, like, a resource Anything that else. they were after. Interesting. It was them okay. trying to prove their power because they had been sort of known as, like, these country bumpkins that... And everybody was, like, constantly saying, like, oh, the Germans, like, they they... They are not as civilized or as advanced as us. And it was right. just very much about like ego. And there's also like, and I think the if anybody is ever if anybody's interested in brushing up on their World War One, um, the uh I think the best book is called Rites of Spring by Modris Eckstein. Okay. Um, and that is that is the idea is that the, the leaders had and placed this idea in their minds is that the only way to become a civilized advanced nation is through this war, okay. like through death is rebirth sort of thing. And that's like 
rites of spring is sort of this idea. Um, but like through death is reborn this stronger nation. And they really push this with the soldiers and they like believe it. It's actually like right. a lot of the mental stuff they did was very like the secret before it was like, if they believe they can, then they will sort of. Oh, wow. Things. It was like constantly like that kind of rhetoric of being like, well, in order to be this amazing country and to like prove that Germany should be so proud of itself, you have to prove yourself through war. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Uh, you, uh, that seems like a good place to take a break. There might be an ad here. You guys let Perfect. us wait for a moment and see if it happens. My ad, my ad, my ad. I'm about to do an ad. Hey, you guys, it's me, Jackie Cation. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. Give online therapy a try at betterhelp.com slash dork and get on your way to being your best self. That's real, by the way, getting on your way to uh, being your best self. I mean, getting to know yourself, it's a lifelong process. And I have spent a lot of time doing that. Some navel gazing, looking into it, talking to people and talking to people is literally it's harder to lie out loud. When I did therapy, it helped me say out loud the things that needed to be said out loud so that I could grow and change, obviously, right? It's not the only thing to do, but it is incredibly helpful. So if you have been thinking about going into therapy and doing some therapy, BetterHelp connects you with a licensed therapist who can take you on that journey of self-discovery uh, from wherever you are. It's entirely online. It's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suitable to your schedule. And you fill out a brief questionnaire, right? And then you get matched with a licensed therapist. You can switch therapists anytime for no additional charge, obviously. And I say this, discover your potential with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash dork today and get 10% off your first month. BetterHelp is spelled B-E-T-T-E-R-H-E-L-P.com slash dork. Let's get back into the show. Did it happen? We'll never know. Actually, you'll know because you will listen to it. Welcome back. I'm talking with Christy uh, Bukley. Yes. Nailed it. Yes. Nailed it. It is actually very German. It just means little book. It's like booklet little in German. Book. Booklet. I know. Little, little book cute. is cuter than booklet. Mm -hmm. And uh, so I will say this. This is what I uh, I have been reading uh, a mystery series set in yeah. between World War One and World War Two, And there's been a this. lot. There's been a lot of uh, flashbacks to World War, to, to the war. Our main character, an investigative, uh, like she solves crimes and mm -hmm. she's also a psychiatrist. So uh, she's pretty, she's baller, man. And this thing is out of hand. It's set entirely in London from 1928 to uh, the last one was written, I believe, in December 6, 1941. But the first three or four books are about World War One because she was a nurse in one of the mm -hmm. nurses stations for the British uh, during, during the world war uh, and conscription in, this is what I know about world war one right now. I it's, love it. Uh, the, uh, so the British started the draft conscription uh, in January, like a year and a half into the war, January, mm -hmm. 1916. Prior to that, it was all volunteer army. And so volunteer professional soldiers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. And, um, but to get people to join, there was some weird right wing Lord and some left wing suffragette asshat who started a group called order of the white feather. 
Mm. And they had young women in Great Britain walk up to any men ages like 16 and up, not in uniform, and give them a white feather and call them a coward. Yep. And so. Sounds about right. Yeah. And it got It's very so much many, that mentality that kept yeah. this whole thing going. This whole, the whole of World War I seems to be a big, like, like playground thing where you're just like, this is, you know, the, it, it doesn't have the chilling efficiency of World no. War II. No. It has a sort of this loosey-goosey, we don't know what we're doing. Oh, and here's some Nobody's chlorine Nobody's asking, gas. like, why are we doing this? Yeah, like, why? Um, and it's very, yeah, it's very, like, um, pushing, like, really pushing on people's insecure, like, even individuals or country, nationalism, insecurity of, like, prove that you're not right. a coward to prove that you're the best and they really like do that effectively. So amazing. Like, it's just, yeah. like you said, it's all ego on every angle mm-hmm. where you're it's like, so well, this si- is like the psychological stuff. Like I can't really remember the details of battles or anything like that, but it's actually like the psychological stuff that how they got this to go. And then also like, it also became a sunk, like sunk cost fallacy of like, Oh, well you've already, we can't, we can't surrender. We've oh, too, already lost too, too much. big to fail. Mm-hmm. Too big to fail. <gasps> yeah. Like, this oh can't be all for nothing. This wow. can't be all for nothing. And they, so they think it's be quick, but then there's so much loss that eventually they're just like, we can't give up. And we did it again in Vietnam. We did it again in Korea. Like we did it. We did it again in Afghanistan. It's like these pe- like people do it. That's the thing is like, these issues are like over and over, like repeated. Um, but they really are because they, they work, I guess. Mm-hmm. Well, they work. I get, yeah, it's, but it is again, just even America had the hardest time in Afghanistan admitting like we can't be successful and we did it. Like it's when our ego is too big, it's, that's what causes you to lose and to fail. And it's like, yeah. can we not learn and, this? <laughs> well, and the weirdest thing about Afghanistan is like, we went into Afghanistan and I knew nothing about Afghanistan. Mm-hmm. Right. I had heard of it. I've seen a map, mm-hmm. um, but I did not know. And I remembered that the Soviets were in it vaguely and that it didn't work. What I did not know is that in the 1840s or fifties, late 1840s and early 1850s, great Britain was in Afghanistan mm-hmm. for a dozen years and totally lost. Yep. They well, couldn't that was Vietnam win because too. The Vietnam had France in there before we were in there, and they were not successful. Right. right. There's just a couple of countries that uh, that cannot be like. There's just not enough white people to really make this happen. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, it's so and to learn nothing from it over and over just again re- is so wild. Right, just a repeat, repeat. Yeah, you know history. Yeah. So, um, so the and then. Um, there's a couple other, so a couple of the other things that I really just found so fascinating was trench warfare, but also, um, this is really the place where, um, where post-traumatic stress disorder becomes like, they don't call it that they call it shell shock, of course, but this is where it first medically becomes because it's so widespread among these soldiers it becomes some like they finally recognize it as a medical condition. Um, okay. Yeah, and I real and it's so what it's like 
I don't know. To me, it's was it like, just called because of the noise, or what was it? Shell shock. Yeah, they they would just call it shell shock because it was because they thought it was because of the noise, like in the 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 bombs that they would drop. They'd call them whiz bangs because it literally was like whiz bang, like that was the like thing. But um, but that's just the first time because of sort of global like this is the beginning of globalization and technology and the media being able to like spread information a little more quickly at least that like medical and how the just the size of this conflict really lets doctors see that this is like an actual medical condition that um that people right like, if like a hundred thousand people are experiencing it how how right. many do you know how many people died in World War One? Um, yeah, uh, eight point five million. Wow, men died. Probably more, really, but like that's like the the, the soldier counts. Yeah, and and like this, and that was something that like I really, um, I just found so also like uh, like horrifying in a lot of ways is like. Only two two million soldiers' bodies ever made it home to their families. So, like six point oh, five million, they were just buried soldiers. on the battlefield, and families were like, "I don't, I guess I'll never know." Right. I guess right. I'll just and go. Obviously, this happens in World War II again, but they just hadn't seen it in at this level. Like in Great Britain, there were so few men of a certain age after the war; they just called it the Lost Generation. Right. So that was it, like because the U.S. didn't get in until seventeen, right? Nineteen seventeen, yeah. So it was just yeah. a year. And they got tired of their, yeah. They they really like tipped it over to the top, but they really didn't. That's also why we don't learn about it as much in America, is because it's not really considered like a truly American war. We just got a little bit. The Lusitania pulled us into it, but that happened early in nineteen fifteen. So, but that was like people were like calling for us to get involved. Um, at that time. And then once um, trade barriers started messing with money and things like that, that's when they were finally like, okay, we'll, we'll come yeah, over the, and we'll the, get there involved. Were block I know there was a German the blockade. Blockades. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So what was, what did, what did you, what's fascinating about trench warfare? I mean, trench besides warfare, those peace things. Yeah. Well, so I think it's, uh, I think, and I, I don't know um, about, but it's a little bit, we use it even a little bit in comedy, right? With okay. like our, it's like a comic sensibility of like, when you, I don't know if you, you, maybe you don't feel this, but I do think a lot of comics are like, oh, we've been through like, and this was, I, I liked this mentality before I ever was a comic, right? But like, sort of like, Trench warfare is sort of like you just keep going. Like the only power you have is to just survive. And that is like, oh. and so like just surviving is the only, sometimes it's like the only uh, fuck you you have left, but you do it yeah. just to do it. And it's sort of like the people, the person to your left and your right is sort of like your. That's your they're family. The that, they're the only ones that really going to get it like going to understand you after this. Right. And so I sort of feel right. that sort of with just with comics in general, sort of, we have this sort of like, Oh, we've bit like we've done the shitty shows. We've 
it's sort of like we've done the road gigs. We've set, it's not even close to the road, but it is that sort of mentality. <laughs> right. right. It's, it's right. a much lighter version of that of course, sort of trench warfare. Of course. Because um, everything I know about the trenches is that it would rain and there would be nowhere for the water to go. So yep. they would get a lot of sort of fungus on their feet. Yeah, they get trench, they trench foot, gangrene. There would be rats. Um, there would be, uh, there would yeah. be um, just just horrible, like nowhere, like nowhere to nowhere go to the go. bathroom. The disease yeah. that would spread, um, and just like their ability to sort of survive even in the worst conditions, and like also, I mean, probably disassociate uh, is something I just. <laughs> really related to maybe uh, just as a person that had like a tough childhood I just think it was like it was sort of a like yeah you just keep going because that's your only option but they even would have like they would they had it was like a morbid sense of humor in a lot of ways so they would actually bury bodies into the side of the trenches at times because that was the only time way you could do it and then okay like pretty soon a a hand of the dead guy would be hanging out the side of the wall would be exposed and everybody yeah. yeah everybody as if you didn't they would get superstitious like you shake the dead man's hand you okay. know say like you know yeah hi yeah, it's just like a very dark sense of like humor yeah. at a certain and point camaraderie and they, and they, yeah mm-hmm. and they also have this like sort of like well either you'll or either you'll go up over the top and they'll kill you or you'll make it to the next trench. Either way, you have nothing to worry about. So, like, they, they had this riddle that was very just, like, either you'll die or um, either you'll succeed or you'll die. And either way, you'll have nothing to worry about. <laughs> and I oh think it was... It's so dark. Um, I'm, yeah, yeah. Uh, but it was just sort of something that I was, like, that really, like, just resonated with me in a lot of ways. <laughs> As a person who can worry about anything, it was sort of, like, it could be worse... <laughs> It could be it worse. It could be worse. It could be worse. And, and the worst might happen, and that is death. And then you don't have anything to worry about. Right. <laughs> and I do right, like still it's stick with that. Mm-hmm. Right. I still okay. stick with that. Yeah. That's, so that's your that right. Okay. It's very dark. I get it. I get it. my my what? friend is like, "What's wrong with you?" But it's like, yeah, I don't know. When you're stuck in a like, if you have an upbringing that sort of feels like it is sort of like constant fighting and you're just, yeah. your only ability is to just like keep surviving. Like it yeah. was very something I just related to a lot um, there, but uh, yeah. And I also think, I don't know. I have this weird parallel of, I am getting really, and this is like another thing. It's not really, it is related, but it's not really is like, I'm getting more and more into like psychedelic therapy and what it can do for post-traumatic stress disorder. Okay. Microdosing and, LSD. Yeah. Is that what you're talking yeah. about? Uh, micro- I've, I've, I do MD- about I've done MDMA, but you can do LSD or psilocybin. Or, or mushrooms. Yeah. Yeah. Mushrooms. Uh, what is psilocybin or, and what is MDMA? That is mushrooms. MDMA okay. is ecstasy okay. and mushrooms. But I actually think I like, cause you can actually look at aerial photos Mm-hmm. of these trenches and they're still there hundreds of years later. Like you can oh, wow. see them on the French landscape. Not hundreds, how... but a hundred. <laughs> yeah. 100, 110. 
110. 110 you said what? It. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. Hundreds. Yeah. <laughs> 110. Okay. Excuse yeah. me. Thank you. Um, 110. Almost. Yeah. 110. Um, but it's a hundred, over 100 years ago. Thank you. Um, but you can still see these trenches. And they're actually, they designed it so that they weave constantly. So that okay. no, if an enemy came into the trench, they could not, they could not just shoot straight down the line. Yeah. You know, like yeah. it would, so, it would cause, yeah, it would cause less damage. And so right. in my brick, like some part of me is like, man, that is really actually how like trauma works in our brains as well is like, we have these ingrained like neural pathways that like are basically like they get messed up because of trauma. Mm-hmm. And then like we overgeneralize and we over like, you know, yeah. We over um, compensate dangers and, and yeah. yeah, we overgeneralize dangers and stuff. And so it's like almost like literally the same thing on the earth. We can still see how post-traumatic like stress is like even on like in these trenches almost. To be. Right. So the, the other thing I read was that um, they were like, you had to go over the, you, you had to charge, you had to go. Mm-hmm. And if you didn't go, no man's uh, they would kill you. Mm-hmm. They would, uh, there was a lot of people that were shot for, um, cowardice and desertion. Yeah. And then it was written, they were like written on their faces, no moral fiber. Yeah. And so again, lending itself to the fact that of ego, um, mm-hmm. just like all of these guys were just like, this is king of the hell. Mm-hmm. And if you don't play it, you're a coward and we're going to kill you or we're just going to go die. Yeah. And, and also yeah. like they, to keep like the press had such a, this is the first time the press is like super lying to everybody as well. Cause the press is finally well, more organized. Right. They're organized. And they're so doing they exactly, the they're doing exactly what like the, so instead of, they didn't want anyone to know that there was a lot of mutiny and a lot of people saying, no, we're not going to fight. So then they would act, say it was spies that were coming in and actually causing the trouble. So it's like, so a real Antifa Jan 6th Antifa thing where yeah, they're like, yeah. oh, that was Antifa. That was, they were disguised as us. That yeah. we would never do that. And it's like right. that our, same. Our guys. Yeah. Our guys mm-hmm. would, are, we're, we're hundred percent. Everybody's on the same. Cause I do yeah. know that there was a lot of protests here in the U S and, uh, yeah. and they were squashed pretty hard by pacifists. And, um, and there were, and if you also did sort of a, uh, conscientious objection that became invented at that time mm-hmm. and you were you were ostracized or or mocked for being yeah. a conscientious objector yeah um because if you were able-bodied you were supposed to go over there and um die so yeah. what about what about the art that came out of it there was so the art books. yeah yeah so that that's a great point also so like a couple things there's a couple like stories just of artists that i love um the first one is franz of Franz Mark and he has he dies in World War One actually in 1916 but he painted this um painting called The Fate of the Animals in 1913 and he literally calls his wife and he goes this is a premonition of the war to come and he's like I wish I didn't paint it actually and it it's really like chaos it really is um and he uh he actually had, it's one of those like missed like opportunity things too, but they, Germany had actually, he's German and Germany had actually started um, like tat, like signaling for 
these people who could probably um, add to the artist, like add to the art and the artistic um, recording of the the war and stuff. So he's actually has been pulled, like reassigned to be pulled um, from the fighting, and he just gets killed right before. Oh, right, because they they pull the artists out to create propaganda posters. Yep. Yeah. Which, um, yeah, but he actually was using his art to paint that the early camouflage. Like, so he was painting this stippling like tarps in order to create the camouflage for uh, people on the front. Is it and, this? Yeah. Yeah. Fate of the animals. And so, and you can see there's a burnt mark there. So it gets, it stored it in a, in a warehouse that actually has a fire a little bit after he is killed. And uh, the friend actually, was hired to restore it and he could have Mm -hmm. done it back to its original thing, but he actually restored the image. But with that dark thing. Oh, he left that to sort of Mm -hmm. lend. lend There's no like, yeah, there's no, mm -hmm. and also just to be like, yeah, like this is. I think he just thought, yeah, I just think he was like, it's part of it. Now there's no like official reason as to why he did that. But yeah. he's just like, he chose, it was a friend of his that died. And he was like, yeah, this is what war does. Yeah. Like, I think is what he was sort of saying. So he restored that dark part. That wasn't anything, but he, he restored the original shapes and kept the fire marking on that. Wow. Yeah. And um, have you read All West, All Quiet on the Western Front? Have you, is, is it mostly just a... Uh, What's the art that you like that came out of it besides that? Is it so also the writing well, and stuff? Yeah. I like writing. That was the first thing in high school, reading All Quiet on the Western Front was the first time that I was like, whoa. Because I think it was just the fighting, because it talks about the fighting and how it gets pulled in. And it, like, it was, my parents' divorce was really bad. And I think I just saw these people in power fighting and then pulling the these soldiers like pulling everyone else into their fights. And it was just something that I really was like, Oh, like resonated. I feel that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I feel that. Um, the other story that I really um, like is another artist named CRW Nevinson. And he is to say, I think I resonated with this as well because he was disabled. He had like some rheumatoid arthritis and maybe some asthma issues, something like that. And he had a lot of shame because he couldn't fight because of this oh, type okay. of rhetoric. And he tried yeah. to volunteer to be an ambulance driver on the front um, at the beginning. And he, um, but his health didn't let him do it for very long. So when he came home, the Department of Information made him an official war artist. Because at this time, we don't have cameras the same way we do. So still, the artists are really a big part of recording what happened, essentially. So right. um, he comes they home. they send him into the trenches to record, to paint? No, they no. He was already. They figured because he had already been there and he'd seen it because he was an ambulance driver that was taking soldiers from the front back to like medical tents and stuff. That oh. when he came home, and his dad was like a war correspondent type of person, so he was sort of like already connected. So they had kind of given him this job to be useful in the war since you're disabled and can't fight. Like how you know we right. don't want but you to, to bring shame to the family or whatever. But if you think about it, to be the the the, I mean, that's just your unarmed driving into the battle. That oh, sounds yeah. like a, that sounds yeah. like a real, wow. Mm-hmm. So, but um, he comes back and he has this um, art show 
that he's supposed yeah. to show his art at. Yeah, so that one. Um, the one that I really like is Return to the Trenches, if you... Okay. But, yeah. um, but he, but that's not even the story of this, but he had this, he has this art, this art show, and the the government comes to sort of, like, preview it before it goes out to... Um, okay, it's so, for propaganda. Yeah, they, yeah, exactly. And he has this painting called um, Paths of Glory, and it's actually very gray and very dull and dark. And it's just a, it's just a painting of two dead soldiers because he was like, this is the reality. Like, yeah. war is not war is not glorifying. Um, and so and they go, you can't show them this. And so he instead of taking it down, actually puts censored on like some brown butchered paper and hangs that over the painting so that when people come to the show, they're like, oh, they're not showing us everything. So, yeah. So instead of taking it down, he sort of has this like, fuck you of like censored. They're not showing, showing you everything. Oh God. Yeah. Now that, yeah. That's a gut punch. Yep. Yep. Yeah. And the, but everybody, the, na- the name makes it, you know, because you're yeah, just paths to glory. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. And then his other painting, Return to the Trenches, it's very like, it looks like they're moving and it's like just soldiers and you can't yeah. see where they're going. You can't see where they're coming from. And the whole point of the painting, I have it on my wall as well, like is to be, nobody ever stopped and ha- like, because they did this ego thing and pushed it so hard. Yeah. They, nobody ever stopped to say, why are we doing this? Nobody questioned anything. Yeah, nobody was like, questioning anything. They're like, if you just want to be a good German, this is what you do. If you just want to be a good, like, English, Frenchman, this is what French. you do. Yeah, and and the whole point of the painting is to, like, stop when you're in motion and go, like, whoa, do I even want to be doing this? Is this, like, what is the best for myself? And, like, that is what I love. Like, that painting, I literally, like, try to live by it. It's just sort of like, whoa, do you want to be doing this? Like, so many people just get in motion and, like, they're, like, hate their lives and they don't go, like, yeah, what am self, I doing this self for? Self-propulsion, yeah. Yep, it's, yep. Um, so, so that's, I, that's, like, the art that I, those couple stories are the ones that I'm always just, like, because there's very little, and you come out of World War One, just, and all those soldiers are like, war is not, there's nothing. Like, there's no point. There's, like, all of this is bullshit. And, and they have that sort of sense for the first time. And I think we've carried, they tre- keep trying to, like, br- you know, re-energize it with all of these different conflicts. And it's just never... Well, the weird thing is that they're all like 22 and 24 years old when they get out of that war. And mm-hmm. then 22 years later, it's World yeah. War II and it's all yeah. of their kids. It's their kids or it's them. They're still so, so many of them are still so, have PTSD so bad and they've never really reintegrated into society. But most of like the SS and the Einsatzgruppen, and the ones that go east and actually do really mass Oh, the Germans? Exterminations. Yeah, yeah, those are all, those are all world, they're older soldiers that can't do the frontline fighting. And they're, they're just being given a job because they have literally not been able to reintegrate into society since the end of World War One. Right. And, and that's why they're mad. And that's what leads to World War Two is mm-hmm. the, the fact that World oh, yeah. War One never really ended. Yeah. World War One. Yeah. they try to like, basically shame Germany for the, like, and forever. make them pay forever. And yeah. that is so, and they're like, which is another lesson you can learn. It's like how 
yeah, you could make your enemy pay, I guess. But like, at what point is it worth? Because then it it really fuels Hitler and his hate and his yep. like desire to like to, really overtake yeah. the world at this to point. Show it's like, we'll show yeah. you Germany is yeah. not to be shamed forever. We are yeah. going to like rise again essentially and that's like what well and the the crazy thing now is that the germans literally are on the track to be the being the good guys in world war three because they're the only ones that have ever or the first shall i say to do reparations Mm -hmm. for the for the jews and Mm -hmm. um and the holocaust and then i mean they learned their lesson in a lot like in a lot of ways um Right. They learned they learned a lesson. And that lesson was that this did not pay off. This is Mm -hmm. not something that they don't want to be. And they have been the joke for 60, 70 Mm -hmm. years. They they are the, you know, Nazis are the German joke. Mm -hmm. And so the the Germans, there's there's some it was a TikTok or it was just a, a, a meme where some American shitwit is by the Reichstag and does the the Hitler salute, the Heil Hitler thing. Mm-hmm. And just some German dude walking past him just doesn't even stop walking, just punches him and keeps walking. Yeah. And the guy and the and the the American haircut just falls down. And you know, and it's it's the problem with with empire, you know, and power. Yeah. And there was there wasn't a German empire to my knowledge. No, they, they but, wanted one in order yeah. to, like, prove. I mean, that's what he was going for. Right, because there was a British Empire, and there's, mm-hmm. you know, and then the there was these other, you know, there was the Spanish Empire from the Even the, the Austria-Hungary 17- Empire, this, that was an empire that started this whole thing. That's why they mm-hmm. were in Serbia, and Franz Ferdinand got killed in the first place. Right, because they wanted to create yeah. an empire. and Because mm-hmm. uh, they knew that there was money in it, you yeah. know? There's money yep. in the banana stand, you guys. There is. There's always uh, money in the banana stand. Um, don't burn but, the banana yeah. stand down. Don't do yeah. it. Yeah. But um, just as like a also fun fact, maybe just as a tie at the <laughs> end, a couple of things that came out of World War One that we the wristwatch, uh, we they didn't have that. Um, yep. Thanks, comedians everywhere. Thank you for our watch. Um, they didn't have. Um, portable x-rays uh, Marie Curie did that they did sure. not have the vaccines that we right. have now mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. until World War one because they didn't need vast like mass-produced vaccines Numbers. until World War one um they also have a uh, sanitary nap like that was the first time women were involved in war on that level um the British um women were brought in to be nurses and things like that. Yeah. And they actually didn't have like sanitary napkins the way we do now until, till what, then. Like menstrual cycle. They, yeah, they, used, they would just use cotton. Napkin? They yeah, would just use cotton. But, yeah. but they figured out like this crepe. It was Kleenex. Also Kleenex is kind of the same. It's the same the invention, brand? but yeah. Came from like dressing wounds and stuff like that. But like they found that it was like, um, better at absorbing stuff and absorbing also, and then wicking, wicking mm-hmm. away from. Yeah. So you're not and sitting so, in a, a pool yeah. of blood. Yeah. So all mm-hmm. of those uh, came out of World War One. We wouldn't have it. And also triage, like just that system of like prioritizing right. care didn't happen before then, which um, 
we yes. still are hell using. Of a, hell of a price to play, pay. Hell yes. of a price to pay. But yeah, too bad we have to apple. even learn that. Yeah. Yeah. But, so but now the teachers in schools have it. So that's great. Yes. <laughs> have you heard about that? They've been teaching. Anyways, I'm okay. I'm <clears throat> we can't. Yeah. It'll get too sad. <laughs> I'm fine. I'm fine. Okay. Well, Christy Bukele. 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 Don't do it. It's, uh, it's okay. I wish it was yeah. Bukele. Yeah. So do I. But no, I don't because it's Bukley. It's your name. It it's a beautiful name. Everybody should find Christy Bukley. And when you're in Denver, you should go to Rise Comedy. You should uh, look forward to seeing that Lost and Found. And if you go to the at the Joke Mentor, uh, mm-hmm. you will know when that uh, goes up, and then yeah. you'll get to watch that. It'll be part of the Denver Fringe Festival in June. Um, is the next so time look that, that to show. That. We'll be there, and I will hopefully be taking it all over the place. So, and you right. can see me talk a little bit more about World War One in there. Fantastic! Thank you so much for doing the show. Thank you for letting me talk about this. Where else would I? No one wants to talk about this. <laughs> and Rangers, you know the rules out there. Take care of each other. My hat, my hat, my hat. They're dancing around my hat, <laughs> my hat, my hat, my hat. Well, what do you think of that? If it looks like a Mexican hat dance and it sounds like a Mexican hat dance, it's most likely a Mexican hat dance. So take off your hat and let's dance. Yay! Oh my God. Thank we you. Why don't we just call that as the end of the show?